We are starting our series titled uh, Scars, and think about it, we all have those physical scars, we all have financial scars, we all have emotional scars, relational scars, scars of loss, psychological scars, social scars, and spiritual scars. And every scar has a story attached to it, doesn't it? Physically, I have some scars from the wounds on my bodies. I can't count how many stitches I had as a, young, a rambunctious young towhead kid, Indiana farm boy. I have some scars right here. I have a scar right here. It's from uh, the fact that my brothers were, we were building a, uh, uh, just kind of a clubhouse in the woods, and my brothers told me to go fetch a hammer. So I ran, and I got the hammer, and uh, I ran with the hammer back to my brothers, slipped, Hammer came back with a claw and plopped me right in the middle of the head. All I saw was blood and ran back to mom, needed stitches. The second uh, scar is within my eyebrow here. You can kind of see it. It's actually a lucky scar because you can't see it. You can't see it too much because it's within the eyebrow. But I tried to run through the same door my brother was running in. And we went through the door together and my, uh, my, my eyebrow caught the, the lock on the door and stitches and blood everywhere. I remember telling my brothers, I look like Kiss. I look like Kiss. And then there's one uh, right here below my kneecap right there, if you can see it. Um, Beautiful legs, aren't they? Um, I was sled riding without any snow. Had a bottle that I ran over, cut my leg, needed stitches. Mom, I don't know how many times mom took me to Dearborn County Hospital. Again, blood everywhere, several stitches. Each scar is a decision I made, mostly poor ones. Each scar tells a story. Some of those stories are more idiotic than others. And some scars we tell maybe proudly of our our glory days in sports or the time that we took a hit to, to save someone else. And other stories we, we don't tell it all. We don't share our scars with each other. Maybe it's just too painful or a fear that people will reject us because they know that <laughs> about us. Yet without exception, every scar is a visible reminder of a wound that we have incurred. And scars are usually not considered a beauty mark. People often try to hide their scars with, with clothing or, or makeup. But the stories still matter because they're a part of who you and I are. No makeup, no clothing can hide certain scars because those scars can be lived out in wounded ways. Scars tell the story of a wound. But they also remind us that healing has occurred and it has taken place. And it may not have been ideal, but recovery and restoration have occurred. That wound doesn't remain open. God has provided an incredible healing within us so that all wounds can be healed by his divine love and grace and power. Did you know that Jesus has scars currently right now? Jesus has scars. Yes, even God has scars. The Bible tells us that people could see the nail prints in Jesus' hands and in his feet and in his side. 
it makes me wonder why. Why did Jesus keep his scars? Why did the one who conquered death still carry the marks of death on his body? Why would the King of Kings, the Messiah, the glorious Savior, allow himself to bear the marks of a common criminal, marks administered by imperial Rome, who used crucifixion to rule with an iron fist? And over the century, centuries, Rome crucified tens of thousands of people to intimidate and keep law and order. It reminds me of King George's line from Hamilton. When push comes to shove, I'll send a fully armored battalion to remind you of my love. And that's how Rome, that's how Rome operated. So why wouldn't the Savior of the world remove the marks of Rome? He gave sight to the blind. He healed the lame. He cast out demons, even raised the dead. And removing those scars would be, would be a cinch. It would be one of the easiest things that he could do. But he did not do that. After all, his body was changed following the resurrection because he had been mutilated beyond recognition at the cross. And Jesus, if he showed up on Easter dripping with blood and flesh hanging off of him, nobody would believe that he was victorious over death. But his resurrected body was a transformed body, according to the Gospels. The disciples had doors shut and windows barred in fear of the Romans and of the the Jewish leaders. And when suddenly Jesus came and he stood among them with his resurrected body. He apparently could go through walls, but it wasn't a spiritual being totally because he ate fish. He ate with them to prove that he was still human. He also made great time on the roads. One minute he's in Emmaus, and the next minute he's in Jerusalem, and then Galilee. And he also looks very different. Many, Mary didn't even recognize him at the garden on Easter Sunday. And the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him either. Until he broke the bread. So if his body was changed, why didn't he remove those scars? Why didn't God give Jesus a comprehensive healing? Who would want to see scars? Look down and see scars every time and be reminded of a horrific death. Let me introduce you to a a guy named Thomas. Many of you know Thomas by the word doubt, doubting Thomas, poor guy. <laughs> John 20, 24, let's look at this. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nail marks were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Oh man, that's a strong statement. Can you imagine being defined throughout all the history of of Christian history just by one of the things that you said? Think about that for a second. It reminds me of some of the things that I caught John Ferguson saying. He said, on a good day, John said, there's no better life than one lived for Jesus. I caught him on a good day. But then after the Bengals lost, I caught him on a bad day. He said this about the referees. And this is a fine, this more ignorant creation of God than the NFL referee. <laughs> That's John on a bad day. 
40, 42 years of John's life, he can be defined by these statements. But we have Thomas that's defined by his statement. And I think Thomas desperately wanted to believe, but he was a, he was a realist. A spear pierced Jesus' side. The Romans took his dead body off of the cross. He was buried in a tomb, and it was sealed. It had been three days. People don't come back to life. And Thomas desperately wanted to believe, but there were so many things, so many unanswered questions getting in the way of his disbelief. Jesus knew all of this. Jesus knew Thomas and what he said. And he completely understood. After all, Jesus was 100% human. and He knew what it was like to question God's plan. Remember his words in the Garden of Gethsemane? Luke twenty two forty two. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, this suffering from me. Yet not your will be done. Your will be done, not mine. Jesus was the Son of God. He questioned God and God's plan. And it's okay to do that. But notice what the bottom line is. I want your will, God, not mine. That's powerful. Jesus is honest and raw with his questions for his father's plan. And he was faithful to do the will of his heavenly father. And this gives us a clue about his scars. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. The scars proved it was him. That's one explanation why he kept those scars, my friends. Jesus' scars provided proof. Proof that the one who died on the cross is the same one who stood among them now alive. And these scars were needed to show them that it was really Jesus alive again. And seeing was believing for Thomas. We don't all come to faith in the same way, do we? Jesus meets us where we are in our doubts. Doubt can lead to incredible discovery. Think about it. Christopher Columbus doubted that the world was flat. And so he sailed out to venture and discovery happened. And Thomas replied with the central truth to his gospel that he pushed through his doubt and he came out on the other side. And you know what he did? He proclaimed the most incredible profession of faith found in the gospels. He said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Can you say that today about Jesus Christ, his lordship, his divinity, most powerful confession about his identity in the gospel? Now, there's a natural problem for us. We can't physically look at Jesus' scars like Thomas could, could, can we? We don't have that option, right? Jesus recognized that, and he addressed it. It says, Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. That's you and me, my friends, this day. 
We see, we believe. And Jesus says, you are blessed when you see and believe without seeing. The people who believe without seeing, God blesses you because of faith, even though we don't see. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. That doesn't mean that we have faith without any evidence. We have tons of historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the authority of Scripture. But it would be easier to believe if Jesus stood here and showed us his scars. So God blesses us for our faith even though we cannot see him. Jesus' scars provided proof. But that's not all. His scars just aren't past tense, my friends. Like I said before, He still bears those scars in heaven today. And they have power for us today, for our wounds. Jesus' scars show his love, my friends. He willfully laid down his life to show that love is stronger than hate. Life is stronger than death. And God's grace is more powerful than humanity's sin. And Jesus willingly laid down his life because he believed that his death and resurrection would bring us closer to God and eternally with him forever. The scars, his scars tell a story of courage and great sacrificial love. I read this story about a week, uh, this week about an orphan boy who was living with his grandmother when their house caught fire. The grandmother was trying to get upstairs to save the boy, and tragically, she died in the fire and smoke. The boy's cry for help from the window were answered by a man who climbed an iron drain pipe and came down with the boy hanging, clinging around his neck. Several weeks later, there was a public hearing to determine who would have custody of this young boy. There was a farmer, there was a teacher. One of the town's wealthiest citizens all gave reason why they felt that they should adopt this boy. As they talked, the child's eyes just remained on the floor. And then a stranger walked to the front of the jury room. He slowly took his hands out of his pockets, revealing scars on them. And the crowd gasped. The boy cried out in recognition. This was the man who saved his life, whose hands had been burned when he climbed that drain pipe to save that boy. And the boy threw his arms around the neck of that man for dear life once again. And the other people walked away silently, leaving the boy alone with his rescuer. And those marred hands, they settled the issue. The scars told a story of love, love and courage in action. I want to tell you today that Jesus saved you. Saved you from the wages of sin and death because of his great love for you. And his scars prove his love for you. His pierced hands, feet, and side show us the places where the atoning blood flowed to cover our sin. And his scars after his resurrection were proof that he, back, in fact, came back to life. And Jesus gave his life for you, my friends. Hear that today. You see, Jesus' scars also give us hope. Why? Because we, 
we sure do know what pain is like. We have firsthand experience of what pain is like on this human walk that we take together. And so does Jesus. In his book, Some Things I Have Learned Since I Knew It All, Dr. Jerry Cook tells about having open-heart surgery. After he recovered, Jerry had a visit from a man who was fearfully facing the prospect of his own bypass surgery, heart bypass surgery. The man told Jerry, he said, I want to see your scars. Jerry took off his shirt, and the man gently traced with his finger the violet scar that ran vertically down Jerry's chest. The man went on and said, you know, the doctor said the most painful part of the operation will be the surgery on my legs because they're going to take out a vein from my leg to use for my heart bypass. Looking up at Jerry, he asked, can I see your legs? Jerry rolled up his pants. The man got on his knees and without shame He laid his hands on Jerry's legs, touching the scar with his finger. And when he rose to his feet, there were tears in his eyes. And he said, thank you. Thank you for showing me your scars. Now I have hope for my surgery. You see, the image of the risen Christ with wounds in his hands and side reminds us that Jesus knows our pain. He's been there. He's done that. And he's experienced incredible pain. So he can come alongside of us with his pain. And his wounds heal our wounds. Jesus' scars also give us hope because they changed God. Think about it. Now, before you throw me out as a heretic by saying this, know that God never changes. But the way we understand God continually unfolds. From our perspective, something shifted when Jesus took on human flesh. Previously, our experience with God was very afar and and distant, all-powerful but seemingly distant deity. But when Jesus came, it changed God for us. It changed God for the reality of the world. And now when we pray, we're praying to a God who literally bears scar, scars from his time on earth, living among us. And he experienced pain and sufferings. And his scars tell a story too. A story of when his, his own disciple betrayed him and cut a wound into him. And one of his best friends denied him and cut a wound into him. And when he unjustly was tried and falsely condemned despite the fact that he had never sinned, when they put the crown of thorns on his head that wounded him, they whipped him until he nearly died. And they nailed him to a cross and pierced him with a spear in his side. Every one of his scars, inside and out, my friends, tells a story. I want you to think of when you're praying. I want you to picture the scars of Jesus with those on his body and believe in those scars. Believe that he died for you. Believe that he loves you. And believe that not only Jesus hears you, Jesus gets you. And his scars prove it. You see, that changes everything. It changes everything. When we suffer, we know that our God suffered too. When we cry out in our loneliness, we know that God did cry out in loneliness too. When we feel abandoned and alone, we remember that Christ yelled out on the cross, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Father, 
why have you forsaken me? We don't have a God that stands at a distance, my friend. Rather, one who entered into the reality of that human journey and a reality of great pain and suffering. And it means that you are not alone today. You can move into an eternal future, a living hope found in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's been there, he relates, he gets it, he is our hope. You see, Jesus' scars also tells us that he knows our pain. That as one of us, he could suffer with us and for us. And that he carried our human sins to die in our place. His scars remind us that he does know our pain. He knows our, 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 and heals our pain. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Your wounds are healed because of his great love and grace. You see, Jesus' scars become our strength, my friends. Christ's scars can become a part of our story to give us strength for the way. And our scars become a part of God's story in our lives. You see, the scars of Christ become scars of hope when we deal with our own wounds in our lives. His body was broken so that your body could be healed. His scars become our strength. He offers to heal you today. <laughs> he does, right now, in this place. And he desires to heal you eternally someday as well through the ministry of his resurrection. A place where there'll be no more suffering, no more pain, no more sadness, no more sickness, no more abuses, no more tears, no more sin, no more death, but victory of being alive in Jesus Christ. I want to take some time right now to take you through some guided prayer. I want to invite you to posture yourself however you would like. If you want to get down on your knees or if you want to just place your hands on maybe one of your scars or, or place your hand on your heart, however you want to posture yourself right now and breathe in, close your eyes, breathe in, breathe out. I want you to imagine Jesus' scarred hands. In your mind right now. His scarred hands reaching out to you. Desiring to hold you. His scarred hands touching your woundedness as he comes closer to you. What words does he say? What truth comes to mind as you see those scars? Right now, name that wound. Name that wound where there's a scar. An abuse. A decision. An act.
What does Christ say to you right now? In his love and in his grace and in his truth and in his healing. Give him your hand. Place that hand in his scarred hand. And imagine his other hand coming over your heart. And his love going through healing your heart. Healing your head. now imagine him is giving you the biggest best embracing hug in his love linger there beloved child of God he knows your pain understands. He relates. He is love and healing. God, we thank you for this time where we can be ministered unto you by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for bearing those scars. God, we pray that your resurrection power would fill us and would heal our lives that it would mend and tend to our wounds. God, we want to walk with you, proclaiming you as our Lord and our God this morning. And may we be ones who are wounded healers in this world. Those who can reach out and proclaim your grace, truth, and love to all. God, we thank you We thank you, Jesus, that you didn't bypass these scars, that you bore them, and you live with them today as you reign in heaven. We thank you for hearing our prayer and the ministry of the testimony of you through your death and resurrection. And all God's people say, amen.